judgment. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. And the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and striking him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no case against him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priests and police saw him, they shouted, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he's claimed to be the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you know that I have power to release you and power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench at a place called the Stone Pavement, or in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. He said to the Jews, Here is your king. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate asked them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but the emperor. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. The theme of kingship runs through John's story of the Passion. There is a rich seam of irony. The soldiers do not know what they are doing. They weave a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they dress him in a purple robe. Purple is the colour worn only by emperors and kings. The crowd's charge against Jesus turns around this claim to be a king. Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. Pilate presents Jesus to the crowds with the words, Here is your king, part mocking and part doubting. The crowd demand that he is crucified, with the profound and disturbing cry for the people of God in any age, we have no king but Caesar. And then there is a charge which Pilate will cause to be inscribed above the head of Jesus on the cross, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. He writes it in Hebrew and Latin and Greek. In part again, Pilate's tone is mocking and ironic, a brutal crushing of resistance. But when the chief priests say to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but this man said I am the king of the Jews, Pilate offers his famous response. Verse 
What I have written, I have written. There is something more than irony here. At the very least, Pilate has compared the kingship offered by Jesus with his own leadership, the leadership of Caesar, and the leadership of the priests, and has found a glimpse of something better in the servant king. There's a moment here to reflect in the mounting crescendo of violence on the vital importance of Palm Sunday in our celebration of Holy Week. Practice still varies, but in recent years most churches have replaced a full celebration of Palm Sunday with a brief procession and have then made room in their service for a long dramatised reading of the Passion. Undoubtedly, many people find this a helpful beginning to the whole of Holy Week. I have to say, I am more hesitant. Palm Sunday should be a day of full employment for donkeys, and it's a wonderful way to introduce children and families to the celebration of the week to come. But there is a vital point to the Palm Sunday story which we can miss if we rush straight into the Passion narrative. All four Gospels encourage us to linger at this point. The question they offer to us on Palm Sunday, which is a vital question for Holy Week and Good Friday, is this. Who is this Jesus who is about to be crucified? This is really the most central question. Who is this? The answer Jesus offers without words on Palm Sunday is very clear. We cannot understand the cross unless we understand this point. One thousand years before Christ, the tribes of Israel were drawn together through the gift of an anointed king. First Saul, then David, then Solomon. After Solomon, the great kingdom was divided, but for 400 years there was a king in Jerusalem. There were good kings and bad kings, but there was a king. Every year in the great festival, the king would enter the city and the temple and renew his commitment to God and to his people, riding on the king's beast, a sign of humility, a donkey. Six hundred years before Christ, Jerusalem was destroyed, the temple razed to the ground, and the last king taken into exile. Seventy years after that, the exiles began to return. They rebuilt the city and its walls. They rebuilt the temple. The community gathered and prayed. But still there was no king. The nation longed for the king's return. They called the king the Anointed One, in Hebrew, the Messiah, in Greek, the Christ. As Jesus rides into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, he is making without words a profound statement of who he claims to be. The king, returning to his people and to his city and to his temple. 
he is making a public claim to the throne, a claim which cannot and is not ignored by the chief priests or by the Romans. But then in all that follows, Jesus takes this claim to kingship and to power and to be God's Son and God's Messiah and turns it inside out. This is the king who does not assume his throne through violence and force of arms. This is the king motivated by love who brings in a kingdom not of this world. This is a king of integrity who brings in a kingdom marked by justice and peace. This king is not for one nation alone in a single lifetime, but for every nation in all the time to come. This king does not inaugurate a dynasty. He forms a community through his death on the cross. He does not come to be served, but to serve. And this is why the crown of thorns for Christians is such a powerful symbol of power combined with sacrifice, which saves and redeems. This is why Jesus is called by the ancient name of old Saviour, caught in the Hebrew word Hosanna, and in the name he is given at his birth, because he will save his people not from their physical enemies, but from the deeper and greater enemies of sin and evil and death, and lead them to freedom and abundant life and peace. Who is it who goes to the cross on the first Good Friday? Jesus of Nazareth, the King.